We'll miss the fireworks. There won't be any fireworks. And here we go. And welcome everybody to another exciting edition of Suck It Podcast. I am the great and powerful king of kings, prince of all that is awesome, Derek. How is everybody today on this beautifully cold day that we're having here, at least in the mid-Atlantic going to be destroyed by storms and snow coming up here in a couple days, which is always fun, and I, I enjoy winter storms. Uh, I know some people hate them, but I don't have to drive anywhere. I, I just walk downstairs every day to go to work, so I, I don't have to worry about that. But for those who do have to drive, please be careful. It's going to be crazy out there. So, <coughs> excuse me, the last couple weeks, um, we've really been diving into the idea of mind, body, and soul, and getting us square in the head um, after the horrible year that was 2020. And I hope you guys have been enjoying kind of the recentering of the show and reconfiguration of the show. Um, you know, bands and comedians are coming back. They're coming. But again, we have to do this first. This is important. And... Um, I made a conscious effort to make sure that I, I did this at a large scale to make sure that I was giving you guys the best information, the best guests, and um, some really good, you know, stuff on mental health and, you know, everything else in between as far as the mind, body, and soul. So that does not change today because today I have with me an author and an abuse survivor. Um, he's wrote a couple of different books. We'll talk about all that more. Um, but he's a really cool guy. Um, I have <clears throat> done a little research on him, and you know, there's a lot of good stuff that we're going to talk about today. So I hope you thoroughly enjoy my guest today, Mister Larry Duchin. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Hey, no problem. My pleasure. My pleasure. Anytime I get a chance to talk to somebody with um, the life experience that you have, I'm all about it. Sounds good. So, um, for those of you, for those that don't know my guest, um, why don't you go ahead and please uh, introduce yourself and tell a little bit about yourself and what you do. Well, uh, I am, uh, I, I, I describe myself as a basically an author, entrepreneur. I know in my bio it says abuse survivor. Um, so, you know, I, basically I consider, for, for the purposes of this show and other shows, I consider myself an expert on fear. I wouldn't call myself a master of fear quite yet because it still pops its head up for me a little bit here and there. But I really see how fear can be so detrimental. I had to work through a tremendous amount of fear that came from my abuse, which was sexual abuse by my mother. And then I had to really understand the intricacies of it. And then I can see how you know, how that manifests, fear manifests in so many other people. And I want to provide help for that because we are not meant to live in fear. We're meant to live in joy. We're meant to, you're a comedian. We're meant to laugh. We're meant to have fun. We're meant to not take life so seriously. 
And that's unfortunately not the case right now for a large majority of people. Yeah, unfortunately not. Um, and that's the sad reality of it all. I mean, I've talked about this countless times, but, you know, last year, you know, we don't have the full numbers yet. and We won't for a while, but like suicide numbers have never been as high as they were last year. Um, divorce rates are through the roof. Um, you know, unemployment claims and, you know, unemployed percentage and, you know, just the different things that are going on is completely insane. And I don't see where, you know, people are actively trying to help those, excuse me, actively trying to help those in need. And they're all about just, you know, taking care of themselves and doing what's best for them. And, you know, we have all these people with, you know, power that are just trying to figure out how they can get more power. And the people underneath them are completely crumbling. And it's, it is a scary, scary time to be alive right now. But it's also some of the best times to be alive. Because if you compare what happened to us going on now to what happened in 1918 and the last pandemic that we went through as this country, we ended up having the roaring 20s. But are we in that same type of position where we're going to have the roaring 20s again? Or are we in a, be in a completely different situation? So it's exciting to see how this all comes together. But the, the landslide that has occurred over the last, you know, year well, or four years, however you want to look at it, you know, has had a dramatic toll. And what it's going to take to pull us out of that is going to be pretty extensive. Yeah, so you brought up a lot of good points. And one of the things that I try and do, especially in this last book, which is actually called A Book on Fear, uh, Feeling Safe in a Challenging World, is I try and try to bring a much larger perspective for people to understand because you mentioned you know you're, you're having these these uh, series of mind body and soul and so you know we're really multi-dimensional beings living in a lot of realities and so one reality is the fact that we have to deal with all of the horrendous uh, consequences from covid and there's a lot of people who are who are suffering to a great deal um and on, on another level um we are I feel strongly that we're being pushed individually and collectively to grow, to, to better recognize who we are as divine beings and to bring that perspective into ourselves to, you know, to know thyself uh, at a much deeper level. And that will uh, kind of help raise us to a different level in terms of how we are able to interact with life, how, you know, the quality of our relationships, just a wide variety of factors. So, in your experience, you know, with everything that you've gone through in life, you know, what have you figured out about fear? You know, you're not an expert, you said, but you're pretty damn close. You know, um, what exactly have you figured out about fear that controls our life? I mean, some fear is positive, some fear is negative. I mean, how do you, how have you, what conclusions have you come to? Well, fear, you know, I, I call all fear positive, and let me break that down because certainly there's some fears that I call cautionary. So like the fear of if you have a growling dog attacking you, you want to run <laughs> or, you know, you don't want to jump off the bridge, jump off a bridge on a dare. That's Those are cautionary fears that are buried deep in our limbic system. But we have a lot of fears that are psychological fears. I mean, all fears is both psychological and cellular and energetic, but we have a lot of fears that, that don't serve us that keep us in a paralyzed state all the time, you know, keep us in a, in a state of anxiety. And so we have to 
you know, we have to recognize that that we're in that place and want to change that. The first thing that you have to do is you have to want to change. And that's the case for, you know, anything, anybody that's hitting any type of rock bottom. I'm not saying that a lot of people in fear are hitting rock bottom, but my point is like, you know, they say addicts have to almost hit rock bottom before they want to make a change. So you have to say, okay, my life is not working exactly as I want it. And I'm in a lot of fear. And there's also a lot of fears that run underneath the surface of what we're aware of. So we're, we're aware of certain fears. Like we may be aware that we're, we're afraid that we're going to get sick from the pandemic, you know, or we're going to, um, maybe lose our job or, you know, another fear, maybe we, we may not have a fear of not having a significant other, but there's a lot of fears that run underneath the surface of that. And so, and, and they kind of run like a computer virus, you know, they affect the operation of us, but we're just not aware of how they're affecting us. And so some of those underlying fears may be, you know, certainly we all collectively, for the most part, hold a fear of death or, or a large majority of people hold a fear of death because, and that's related to COVID. So when you have a fear of being, of catching COVID, you have a fear of dying from it. And you have a fear of like, what's going to happen? Who or what, or what's going to happen? You know, what am I going to meet when I die? So that that's obviously a large fear. You know, other underlying fears, like for instance, a fear that we are, uh, you know, that we don't have a significant other, maybe an underlying fear or belief, maybe that we, um, we're not worthy or lovable, you know, something like that. And so we have to, uh, Carl Jung, who was the, the um, father of analytical psychology, said that uh, um, projection is one of the most common phenomena. So what we're doing, so we're usually not angry for the reasons we think. Usually behind anger is fear, guilt, you know, sadness. Usually when we're projecting uh, when we're judging others, it's a projection of our own self-judgment. When we're blaming others, it's a projection of our own guilt. So if we can begin to take a look at these projections and pull those back in, we can see the belief systems that created those projections. And then we can also trace that back to the conditioning, like childhood conditioning or societal conditioning that created those beliefs and then say, oh, okay, I'm an adult now. I don't have to, you know, that's not something, I'm not a child. I don't have to to, to believe that anymore, or, you know, this doesn't serve me and I need to release this belief system because I want to live a more authentic and healthy life. Derek, you, you're muted. Oh, my fault. That's my fault. Um, the air, air conditioning kicked on. I muted myself. <laughs> <laughs> gets loud down here sometimes. Um, that's interesting. And, um, that's actually pretty, uh, that's definitely useful information. Um, but you kind of touched on it, but you didn't really. And I'm, so I'm kind of curious, why do you think that all fear is positive? Well, the reason I was saying, and I didn't double back on that, I apologize. So no problem. But because fear is like, if it's cautionary fear, we discussed that, but the other fear is a pointer to what does it doesn't, uh, doesn't work within us. It's coming up to tell us, Hey, there's this belief system behind this and this conditioning. And, you know, you've believed something about yourself. You're not worthy. You're not lovable. You know, you, you don't deserve a, a raise at work or promotion or whatever it is, you know, it, that fear is coming up to point us to what doesn't serve us. So that's why I say that the fear on the surface is not good because it's paralyzing for us, but it, you know, it's going to keep coming up 
like we, we have a everything in the universe has a a uh, a direction to become whole so to speak mm-hmm. and so we have that same direction within us and so these things are coming up within us to be addressed and we get a lot of these pointers and the universe brings us a lot of information. A lot of people cross our path. We have certain experiences, you know, and we just need to start paying attention to that instead of like just dismissing these things, burying our head in the sand or just, you know, what, what most people do with fear is they either deny it. Okay. So, you know, I've met a lot of people related to fear over, you know, it related to COVID that just say, Oh, I'm not fear over it. And And I know they are, because I can talk to them, you know, you can just see, so they either deny it, they suppress it, or they medicate it, you know, so obviously there's a huge amount of addiction happening, whether that be drugs and alcohol, porn, technology, exercise, whatever it is, you know, there's a huge amount of addiction, and that's basically trying to suppress the fear and other stuff that's within us that's coming up to be healed, Um, because that's that's the innate drive that's that's within us, and that's what the universe is calling us to do. So, um, it's funny that you mentioned addiction because I actually had a conversation. All the days are running together now. <laughs> um, I had a conversation the other day about addiction with somebody else um, who was talking specifically, you know, about it, and her logic behind the um, addiction was an emptiness, you know, a feeling of you know, of no purpose, the feeling of missing something in your life. And you've, com- you just compared um, having addiction to a fear-based, you know, model. W- where does that come from? So they're actually the same thing because basically, you know, so fear and self-judgment and emptiness are all the same thing. And, you know, I'm going to like just drill down to the main point here because basically my, like my latest book covers a lot of subjects. It, co- it covers subjects from quantum physics to philosophy to um, to uh, psychology and then certainly spirituality. So, you know, we are, for me, we are divine beings that are here for a purpose. We're multidimensional beings. And so when we are not connected with that divine source, so to speak, and we don't understand that relationship, then we're going to be empty. Um, because that's that's our, that's our biggest drive. And so, you know, and then we're going to self-judge ourselves and we're going to be in fear. It's all kind of one big ball. OK, because um, that kind of now what you just said there kind of ties back to what she was saying as well, because, you know, she was talking about a lack of spirituality and, you know, m- missing that piece of your you know life is what causes addiction. And so now that now that you said that, it makes a lot of sense. Um you know what let's let's go ahead and uh, circle back here a little bit you know after you know you dealt with the stuff that you dealt with um in life um what was the motivating factor to turn it around and use it as a motivational tool to help others now because most people would just cower behind it or you know just deal with it fix it and then move on with their life but you've chose to embrace it why is that well, that's a great question. So, you know, the reason I, uh, so when I, when I came, let me back up a little bit. When I came out of my abuse and it happened during puberty, which was really, is no good time for sexual abuse to happen, but that's certainly like a really bad time because you're trying to understand your sexuality. You're trying to form your concepts of love and all that. So I came out of that experience with a lot of fear, a lot of anger, a lot of guilt, a lot of shame. And so I was a pretty angry and depressed and 
just fearful person in my 20s and and then through like a couple of synchronicities that happened and I say that you know basically the universe or God kind of brought that in my life I became aware of these false beliefs and dysfunctions that I had within me and I realized it was kind of like it was really kind of like poison I wanted to get out of me and and I was strongly motivated to be the best father and husband that I could be because my relationships were not up to the par of what I knew they could be and what I wanted to be. And I wanted to be, I didn't want to be an angry and depressed person. I didn't like it. I didn't want to be, you know, I I wanted to be a kind individual. I wanted to be an open hearted individual. And so I went through a long process of, of what I call like a, uh, emotional healing and also a spiritual healing process. And, and, you know, I just feel so grateful for where I'm at and I feel so blessed for where I'm at. And that's why I want to give back because I think this is, you know, what, what the universe or God is calling me to do, to give back, to share my experiences. There's a reason I went through those experiences, you know, and I'm grateful. I, I know it would, I know it's going to sound extremely strange, but those experiences were, were a gift to me because it, it really helped me to, to better define who I am as a spiritual being. And so I want to give back and help other people because, uh, so many people, so many people are in pain. I mean, it's just like, you know, even if it's not outwardly, do you see pain? Like even people that are, you know, billionaires or extremely wealthy or, you know, who don't have adverse life circumstances related to material goods or money or whatever it is, there's so many people in pain. And so, you know, I just want to, I just want to reach people who are, can, can, be helped in some way and help them. And really the main message is your life can be one of free of fear. Your, your life can be one of joy, you know, you, and I think you're, you exemplify that because you're a comedian and you, you're trying to do the same thing. You're trying to, obviously this show is not about, but you're trying to, you know, you're trying to, to put, raise people's vibration and put them in a, in a different space, but through laughter and jokes and everything. And that's, that's like, that's very important. I mean, that's like, we all have our being called to do different things and you're doing the same thing. I'm doing it just in a different form. Yeah. And and that's why I do. That's exactly why I do this show. You know, when I was diagnosed as um, someone with bipolar disorder and PTSD back in 2018, you know, I'm, fought it for so long and refused to acknowledge, you know, what I had, um, that I didn't even want to go to the doctor. You know, I pushed people out of my life that said, Hey, there's something wrong with you. I'm like, no, it's not. Fuck you. I'm not, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me. And I fought it for years and years and years and years and years. And even after my mom and brother were diagnosed, you know, I was like, Nope, not me. I'm better than that. I'm stronger than that. And when I eventually did, you know, succumb to everything and, you know, my, I had my mental breakdown and, attempted suicide and stuff like that, I was, I was like, okay, change needs to happen. But you know what? I was like, you know what? Same time. There's so many other people out there that are worse off than I am. How can I do this? And this is what I came up with. I mean, could I have gone back to school, become a therapist or a life coach or yeah, I could have, but this is so much more fun. Um, (laughs) It's a lot, it's a lot less costly too. Exactly. And and then on top of that, you know, with this, I've uh, gone against the grain um, and I, that's because that's how I am. And I've always wanted to be that way because one of the things that 
you know, when you first start studying about, you know, being a podcaster or a YouTuber or, you know, a, a talk show host, whatever you want to classify me as, they always say, pick a niche and stay to that niche because that's mm -hmm. how you're going to build your audience. And I don't like niches. I don't want to be lumped into one group of things. And that's not what I do. I like to take a little bit of everything and interject the, a, a certain topic. And that just, that topic just happens to be mental health. But I want to talk to, you know, comedians, actors, actresses, you know, people like you, bands, you know, I don't care if it's a retired colonel in the army. I don't, whoever it is, I don't care. I'm not going to niche myself because I want to be able to pull back that curtain and say, who are you? And yeah. get to the nit and gritty of it all. And that's why I also have a policy on this show. If um, a PR person sends me a list of questions to ask or a list of things, do not talk about these things. I refuse the interview because <laughs> I, I, I don't do that because I don't, I don't want anything to be off limits. I don't want anything to be covered up. If we're going to have a raw, honest, real, unfiltered conversation, let's do it. You know what I mean? No, I, I mean, I, I, I highly commend you for what you've done and, and not not being in a box because so that, you know, really relates to who we are, spiritual beings. We're, you know, we're we're we've inherited a lot of societal conditioning. And so you kind of threw that off with the show. But we have to recognize all the societal conditioning and we have to say, no, that's not me. You know, one of the like. In, in the book, I talk about societal conditioning related to the American dream and how like, OK, we're supposed to, you know, make all this money or have this level of success, have kids that are just, you know, go to amazing colleges and all this stuff. And so we're like a we're like a gerbil in the on the wheel that just keeps going and going. We don't even know where the destination is. We don't even know why we're doing it. But we're being told, you know, that we uh, have to go there. And so th we take this conditioning on and we're, and it just takes us, we're looking outside of ourselves instead of looking inside ourselves for the diamond that's within. And so, you know, we want to like not have those constrictions and we need to pay attention to ourselves and what's best for us as opposed to like what you, you know, you threw off and said, I'm not going to do what they say because that's, I'm going to do what I feel's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cause, and, and that's sometimes some of the biggest um, things that we put on ourselves in this world, you know, is the fact that we always, you know, are told to do a certain thing and we seem to like, you know, as a as a whole. And, and I'm not saying everybody does this. I'm just a, I'm just, a, you know, grouping everybody together for the purpose of this conversation. But we always seem to tell us we always seem to do what society tells us to do. And when we don't, we, we, we have get ourselves upset and, you know, we like, oh, well, maybe I should just go ahead and do this. You know, everyone expects this of me, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. You know, my dad, who is, you know, 65 years old, still calls me every day. Hey, Derek, when are you getting a real job? <laughs> you know, and it's like, um, I, 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 I have one, um, just not your traditional sense and what you do, dad. I'm sorry, I don't own a pest control company in Florida that which by the way I don't know how the hell you do that to begin with but I digress you know that's not who I am you know I worked in retail for 17 years as well as being an entertainer and a comedian and a professional wrestler and a musician and there's all this other stuff that I've done along the way but it's like I've always gravitated toward entertainment that's just who I am it's always who I've been and that's who I'm now I have the pleasure of doing it full time and it's fantastic but that whole it is fear-based, 100%. You know, that whole, you can't do this, be normal, air quotes, <laughs> 
do what society expects of you and you'll be just fine. And that's that right there in itself is one of the, in my opinion, one of the biggest key contributors to mental illness in this country. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It's basically like not being not being true to yourself is going to cause you to have uh, major mental health disruptions. Uh, you know, trying to live up to others' expectations, setting your expectations on others' expectations is going to cause you to have friction within your psyche because you're just not living who you're supposed to be. Now, I mean, obviously, you have certain responsibilities. I mean, if you're married, you want to, you know, you want to take out the trash and give help to your wife or whatever, you know, you need to do. But you but you have to, you know, you have to to uh, honor yourself um, and what your needs are first. You, you can listen to other people, but nobody knows what's best for you other than you. Mm-hmm. That is, And that's the, the biggest thing. Uh, but again, you know, like... Like that stereotypical, you know, uh, you know, Asian parents. Well, you have to be a doctor or a nurse. You have to, have to, have to, have to. And, and you know, it's like, oh well, if I don't, I'm gonna upset my parents. Or you know, you know that that's you know the stereotype. And same thing with you know in other cultures as well. If I don't do become a lawyer, I'm gonna upset my parents or my family or whatever. And it's it's not right because again, we are our own individual. We are our own. Yeah. And see, this is where I, you know, I, I like to have this conversation, too, is, is the fact that, like, you know, our beliefs in, you know, whether it's spiritual or religion or whatever the case might be, those all come from within. And how you choose to, you know, utilize those things is is up to you. And the more and more that you get away from your own mind and body and soul, for lack of a better term, um the further away you are by identifying as somebody else and you lose your face, you'll become a faceless part of the crowd and just become them instead of I. And that's, again, that's somebody's, that that is most people's biggest fear is becoming a them and not an I. But at the same time, we sit there and allow everybody to do this to us all the time. Yeah, that's really well said. In one of the chapters in my latest book is a chapter on power and how we really give our power away in so many ways. And and so, you know, we give our power to the authorities thinking that they're going to have all the answers, that they're supposed to take care of us in some way. We give our power to, uh, you know, health authorities thinking like if we have some kind of uh, I had something a couple of years ago where I had to, you know, it was a little bit concerning and I had to, to deal with it. And I, I, I used both alternative and Western medicine, uh, you know, conventional medicine means to figure out what it was, did my own research on all things and, and, and basically took care of it, you know, myself with all that input as opposed to just, you know, just giving it to some uh, health authority that says, you know, this is what you have or whatever, because, I'm going to know what's best for me to, to do that. We also give our power away to, you know, our spouses or significant others or our bow, our bosses. And in some of the, some of those means we have to, you know, if it's a boss, we have to give our power away a little bit or whatever we have to, you know, we have to exceed. Um, and then we, but, but certainly we want to maintain our, 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 our standing or, you know, our, our, our boundaries. And then the last way we give our power away is, um, 
to, to religious authorities by saying that we have to go through some kind of priest or rabbi or minister or whatever to get to God, which is the farthest thing from the truth. Basically, Jesus told us that the truth is within us, the kingdom's within us, and that we need to do, you know, we need to uh, connect with that truth ourselves. So all those means I was just uh, mentioning, they're all disempowering to us. And when we do that, a lot of times we fall into a victim role. And then society, you know, society heaps on that because they say, you know, you you see all these uh, ads for uh, injury attorneys, like basically you are a victim and you should be compensated for it. So we're just getting all the societal conditioning that's so bad for us as opposed to, um, you know, who we are. And we have to break out of this herd mentality. That's what that's what the universe is calling each of us to do is to break out of this herd mentality and recognize who we are. Unfortunately, there's a large number of people who want to give their power away because it's kind of like there's in some ways they're still children. They want to be children. They want somebody to take care of them. And that's not how life works. You got to take care of yourself. You got to save yourself. You got to you know, do the things. It's not up to somebody else. It's up to you. Yeah. And you actually just touched on something else that is a big um, passion point for me. And that's the, um, the religious aspect of things. Um, I am one of those that is strongly, strongly, passionately against the word religion as a whole. Um, I do not believe in religion in any which way, shape or form, except for Judaism, because that was originally a culture and not a religion. Um, I'm not Jewish myself, but I I do believe in that, because, again, it was a culture and not a religion. But I don't believe in religion in any which way, shape or form, Um, because... Another point of contention within the mental health community is religious trauma. And that's a huge piece of it. You know, that whole, um, you must fear God. You must, you know, follow this book, you know, hand over fist and don't do anything outside of this. Otherwise, you're going to hell. And Mm -hmm. that right there in itself is, and now, now, again, not all religions believe in a hell and not all religions believe in that. However, they all have similar characteristics, so I'm not grouping them all together. People, don't email me. Um, <laughs> I know you know what I meant, Larry, but sometimes my people are like, he's categorizing us again. No, stop it. Um, <laughs> but but again, you know, and that whole, again, religious trauma comes from that as well. You know, I suffered a ridiculous amount of religious trauma as a kid because I was the poor kid at a Catholic school who was there on a grant and a scholarship, and my parents didn't contribute to the the pocketbooks of the priests you know and the and the diocese you know so i was the poor kid the rich kids beat the shit out of me every day and the nuns that sat there and goes boy stop it and then the first time i ever stepped up and said okay i'm done i'm the one that got you know in school suspension for 10 days like wait a second i fought back for for the first time in four years and i'm the one that gets in trouble okay but yeah so you know i realized it was all about money and greed and do what they say in order to make sure that you have they have complete control and power of you and (laughs) that right there again is in itself is another thing that you know we give up like you said we give up that power we give up that control you know it's you know that um because one of the things that you know (laughs) I love about religion is the fact that they say God gave us free will, but yet then anytime we use free will, they condemn us for it. It's amazing. Um, but I digress. Um, 
and it's it's amazing to me like you know you're bringing up all these points and it's like damn you, you know that that all just makes sense um because again it's we fear failure and in some case and in, i would say most cases when it comes to fearing failure we would rather fail because of somebody else than fail because of ourselves and that's why we give up that power. Well, my boss told me to do it this way, so I'm the one that, I did it this way, and I'm sorry it didn't work, but it wasn't my idea. Or, you know, well, honey, you told me to do the dishes this certain way, and I'm sorry I broke a plate, but this was your way of doing the dishes, and I just followed your way. Or whatever the case might be. And that, again, in itself is, is pretty profound. That's the same... Uh... The, the same thinking that the Germans in World War II the population didn't speak up against Hitler and basically, oh, they just, you know, they, they were in charge and they told us to do these things or whatever. So, you know, uh, we have to we have to take a stand. And, you know, one of the uh, the, the actually the longest book in this, uh, the longest chapter in my latest book on fear is on. Uh, relationship with a higher power and so I, I point out a lot of inconsistencies between religion and what true spirituality for instance you know uh, you can't say that you should fear God and also say that God is love at the same time those two are completely uh, inconsistent because if God is love he loves us he, he doesn't want us to fear us fear, fear him or her he wants us to love him and he wants us to be in that love relationship with him and he doesn't he doesn't judge us he basically sees us for who we are not for who we see ourselves as this this ego thing and and we've actually we've made we put god in our image versus us being in in the image of god so we see god because because we see from an ego lens human lens and we had you know judging parents and punishing parents and all conditional love, we see God is, is doing the same thing. And God is spirit. God is not, God is not what we uh, project on him as our ego beliefs. Mm. So we're, on, we're definitely on the same page on that one. Yeah, um, absolutely. <sighs> um, damn, you are, you have hit a lot of different things, a lot of different points here that are pretty, definitely you know got me thinking about stuff um and uh it's it's definitely you know a different way of thinking you know because again you know with all the different people i've talked to over the last couple of weeks with you know this series that i'm doing it's am <clears throat> it's amazing how you know the ideas and the um the stories are completely different however they run very parallel and you know they all get to the same destination they all get to the same things but then at the same time once you start digging into the different ideas even though they're supposedly completely different they, they do you know run in a diagonal and they all connect together and it's um it's quite amazing that you know the different people that i've talked to you know None of them know each other except for two. But, you know, if y'all sat down in a room, y'all could cure every freaking thing ever possible. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, that's not possible. But you know what I'm saying? It's it's just amazing to me that, and this is why I did this. It was an idea 
of taking a little bit of everything and putting it out there and saying, hey, this is how it is. Let's go ahead and do this. Let's take a little piece of this and take a little piece of this and utilize what we've been talking about, finding yourself and who you are and what works best for you. Because all of your fear, you know, um, fear responses and and all the things that you use and the things that you tell in your book might not work 100 percent for somebody else. Right. But they can take bits and pieces of what you say right. and bits and pieces of what Dr. Rita says and what Carrie said and what Billy Bob said and blah, 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 and come up with their own plan for themselves. Yeah, it's very important to take what works for you and discard the rest. So the universe is giving us one of the things I talk about in the book is the universe is giving us vehicles all the time. Information is passing by us all the time to try and help uh, awaken us to, to a greater reality of who we are. And so, you know, you got. See, you got you got inspired by the universe, God, whatever you want to call it. Okay, you know, to do this series because what's happening is, uh, let me back up for a second and explain. So, quantum physics has shown us that everything is one unified field of energy, and and it's also shown us that time is not fixed nor linear. Okay, it's relative. So basically, it's one unified field of energy. That's what that's what when they when they when religion did say God is one, that's what is meant by God is one. And so but but, you know, mystics and spiritual masters throughout the ages have confirmed have said this in just in a different language. But everything is one. So there's no separation between anything. We see separation, but that's part of an illusion. OK, and, and like the you know, the the Buddhists talk about being Maya and things like that. And also that we only exist in, in the present moment, only the now exists. So, you know, we have this whole energetic field that's, that's more applicable and real. And then that's what manifests the physical reality. So my point on all that is like, you know, you're tapped into this energetic field, your, your, your spirit or soul or whatever is wanting to help people. And as you got inspired and you, you created the series and then you're we're all tapping into this energetic field of you calling these people in. You're calling them obviously physically, too, but you're energetically calling them in to do this series to help people. And so there's all these people that are awakening energetically across the world trying to, to help us all collectively awaken um, to who we are as a greater reality. So as basically the new is growing as the old dies off because the old isn't the old is not does not work. The old was taking us off cliff. And so that is slowly dying off while the new comes in. It's the same thing that happens in a forest. Tree goes down, trees stump is dying off, but it provides but new growth happens in, in that stump, you know. So this is, you know, it's amazing stuff. It's fun stuff. Yeah, absolutely, and um, and again, you touched on something else that I'm uh, I I believe in, and you know the whole idea of um, quantum physics and just physics in general, you know, explains a lot of you know the spirituality side of things and also the mental side of things, and you know, taking all of that into you know into um, in, into consideration can can answer a lot of the the questions that you've had about your life and your body and mind and so on and so forth. You know, because like another, um, you know, theory in, inside of physics, inside of string theory is, you know, the multiple multiple dimension, you know, the multiverse, um, right. you know, 
you know, and that's where people think, oh, this is where deja vu comes from. That, that's possible. Or this is, <laughs> you know, why are we so inherently this? Or why are we inherently this? Oh, because maybe one of our alternate beings is 10 years older than us learning those things and sending us you know, messages back through the, the multiverse. We don't know. But again, right. taking all these different theories and different ideas and, you know, even the Pope at one point in time has said in a roundabout way that without science, there would be no God. And without God, there would be no science. Um, and I mm -hmm. paraphrase, obviously. And, and I, I firmly believe in that because, like I said, I'm not a I'm a spiritual person. I don't know if, you know, if it's a higher power out there. I would like to think there is. I'm a hopeful agnostic is what I like to call myself. You know, I, yeah. but, it, you know. Is it a god? Is it a she? I don't know. Um, but who knows? You know, we don't know until we die. So why why close yourself off to one certain type of belief? And that's how I believe. Um, so just be a good person. And the answers are out there, whether it be scientifically, spiritual, whatever. And sometimes it can be found inside of both. But don't let, you know, fear make that decision for you. Make that decision for yourself. And that's everything you've been saying. And that... You know, that just really makes a whole lot of, a lot of sense. Damn. <laughs> it's, I mean, life is, uh, life is an amazing mystery. I mean, it, it's just like, it, it, if we stay in the moment, uh, you know, there's so many great teachers out there who talk about mindfulness and witnessing and staying in the moment. It's, you know, in the moment there, there is no fear and, and, and life just becomes this like wondrous mystery of, walking through and connecting with everything and letting life, let, letting life carry you along the river of life versus you fighting the current. Because most of us are fighting life. We're trying to like control situations. We're trying to fight life as opposed to working with it. And when we try and fight life, we're in the river, we get banged up against the rocks or the shore and we get bloodied. Life wants to just carry us. If, if we'll just trust in life, that there's, that there's a purpose, there's a higher purpose, that there's a higher good for us, we'll get carried to the most amazing destinations um, as opposed to us trying to, like, think, you know, we need to do this or whatever. Not say that we, we are the universes in God's hands and feet, so we have to take those actions, but we need to let God open the doors for us. We need to trust in some higher purpose that we're here other than just being in a fleshly body that has this ego desires uh you know that we're gonna like just what, what are we here are we here just to like live in life and just make as much money as we can to pass it on to our kids and then we're gone um you know and there's no existence after that that sounds kind of uh uh not so great so uh and i know from my experience that's not the case we are you know i, I strongly feel uh, based on my experience, we are multidimensional beings. We're living in a lot of realities at the same time. And we're focusing right now, you know, we're, we're, we're focused on a certain reality here, but we, but it's, uh, you know, the, the, the thing that I want on that state, the part I want to end on this one is I've found that your life is a lot more peaceful and joyful when you understand that life has a lot of gray in it and that it's not, it's really not black and white. So if, if you don't, you know, 
unfortunately, what we've seen in the last couple of years is we've seen such polarization of people on both ends of the spectrum. That's not only political, certainly political, but also, you know, it could be technological, it could be over food, it could just be over the environment or whatever. And, and you have to, you know, you have to come in the middle because that's where the gray is. And then, you know, if you're on the ends, you're, you're judging the other side as somehow evil or wrong, like you have truth. And they don't have truth. And truth is much higher than that. That's a relative truth. Absolutely, there's much higher levels of truth that are above the us versus them mentality. And when we move into the higher levels of truth, we move into a we mentality, a we consciousness where we see everybody as part of ourselves. And that's the same thing as God is one, God is everything. And we're part of that oneness. And we see that reflection of that oneness in everybody we deal with. And when we come from that perspective, then we're a lot more tolerant we're not judgmental. We're not in fear. Um, and so we all want to try and move towards the middle, towards the gray. Absolutely. I, and I, I've said that for years. And, you know, I operate with always in the gray, you know, because you can go either way. And that's, again, another, you know, very, very valid point. And I hope, you know, whether you're driving to work right now or on your way home from work or just mowing the lawn or outside plowing snow, whatever you're doing. Um, you really took a, you know, to heart what he was saying, because this is, um, again, another piece of the puzzle that we've been discussing that all contributes at the end of the day to making sure that we're right. You know, we're right in the head. We're right in our life. We're right in, you know, in the choices that we make and the, the ideas that we have that we choose to do are the best for ourselves. And if the moment we realize that the better off we will be. Mm -hmm. So certainly, I certainly agree. I mean, basically it's up to us and we just need to make the choices that are the, 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 uh, that are best for us, but our highest good, but also the choices that are going to be highest good for, for those around us. So it doesn't need to come from a selfish aspect. It needs to come from a recognition that we're one humanity and also what I call one divinity. I agree. I definitely agree. Larry, where can people find out more about you and where can they find the book? So the, the book is called A Book on Fear, uh, Feeling Safe in a Challenging World. And you can basically it's available all the online, both printed and ebook. Uh, the easiest way to get to it is to come through my website to click on the Amazon link. So you can go to a book on fear.com. That will forward to my website, which is lawrenceduchin.com. Um, but and you can click off the Amazon, but you can find other sources. But a, a book on fear.com. So, and it's uh, it's basically it looks it looks like this. This is what it looks like. If you if you're looking on Amazon, that's what it looks like. And um, all the links for Larry is in the description and bio of the podcast and of the video. So definitely take a look at that and pick it up and uh, follow Larry and all of his exciting adventures. But you know, Larry, thank you so very much, man. You you really are an inspiration. And I, I definitely got a lot out of this. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you having me on. And I, I am grateful for the work you're doing to, to, to just help, you know, bring people into more joy. And I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And same right to you, but All right. guys, thank you so much for being here. We will see you guys tomorrow. Stay happy, stay healthy and always stay heavy. See you guys. Peace.